Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. What a beautiful, beautiful day. Almost said summer. Well, not quite there yet. It kind of feels like it. Did your air conditioner break this week? Mine did. (laughs) Are you thankful for Wonderful people who know more about HVAC than you do. I am. <laughs> the good news is it was so cold in my house last. No, it's, I thought it'd be a terrible joke. But anyway, it, I don't think it's ever been. I don't think it's ever worked any better than it does right now. That's very happy for me, particularly since we are looking at. And I'm not a meteorologist, but I do, in fact, follow several of them. <sighs> We're looking at a hot June, y'all. It's going to be the classic Hot and then hotter and then rain and then be hot and then be hotter and so forth and so on. Now, tonight is the first night that I am aware of at my house that the temperature will be 70 degrees or above. That means the tomatoes will have a very difficult time setting any more fruit. And mine, I don't know about yours, mine are covered up in flowers because June is oftentimes when I make a lot of tomatoes. So make sure you go out there today and just wiggle the cage or move the stake a little bit. Help that pollen fall on down to where you want it to be, okay? That's the biggest tip I can give you today except to make sure that your water is working and that you should use it. But that's what we do around here because this is weekend gardening. And, yes, I've been gardening for, well, a long time. I'm happy to say I was a toddler when I first had a hoe put into my hand. And my my grandfather said, don't trip over that, (laughs) and took me out into the garden with him. So I've been at this for a while, and I welcome you to come in and join this particular um, set of merry band of gardeners that we enjoy being with every Saturday. And when I say we, I refer to the producer, Lance, who is, by the way, y'all, got a better reputation than I do, as it turns out. Anyway, hey, Lance. Hey, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I, as you were telling me, I asked you how the blooms were in the yard this week. All and over. You said you were covered up. Really, really. The 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 Asiatic, y'all, if you're not going to grow Asiatic lilies for any other reason, and you may not, you know, you're not interested in growing cut flowers, you may not even care about putting flowers on your mantle, get a few Asiatic lilies, particularly some variety that has a, a bit of a stripe to it. In the, I don't even know the name of the one that I'm growing right now that's in full bloom. But walking out into my courtyard is just an absolute wonderful experience right now because there must be 15 flowers open. They're actually, you couldn't wear them as a corsage. There's some ants on them, you know, this and that. But, oh, my goodness, the smell. Well, they're huge, too. They they are. They're huge. They're as tall as me. (laughs) That's always, you know, when the first time I ever grew any Asiatic lilies, they kept getting taller. And I kept going, is that that (laughs) supposed to happen? Is okay? (laughs) And then, you know, they just open up, and you're like, wow, that's something else. It's almost like like, the the petals are almost like velvet. They They really really are. are. And they last such a long time. The the best advice I believe I 
I ever got in terms of growing those was from somebody who grew them not for a living, but just because she liked them better than any other flower. She said, cut your stems long enough for your vase, but don't cut that whole long stem because it is full of nutrients that will go right back down into that bulb if you'll let it die down in place. I know it looks weird. <laughs> it's not that attractive. You got some sticks See, some, sticking some, up. Some really strange looking little things going on there, but it's okay because you'll be rewarded again the next year. So, how you like my new swag? I love it. What do you think? Yeah, I need one of those. Don't I'm, you? I'm a coffee drinker. The, so, the you good know. news is that for those of you who are not um, tuned into supertalk.tv, I will tell you that, you know, my, my kind of theme around here is. Keep on growing, and if I'm in a really bad mood, I'll tell you, just grow something, and I'll leave out the curse word at the end of the expression because there are children listening. This is a brand-new coffee mug that my daughter designed for me, and yes, if you are looking, you will notice that it says keep on growing with the hashtag, and yes, it is a rainbow, okay? You might like it. You might not. Nobody's taking my rainbows away from me. I like it. And by the way, it's a good handle, too. It's not a crummy cup. So if you're, interested, right base. if you're interested, you can get in touch with me, Mama on air at Yahoo.com, or you can go directly to the brand-new Etsy shop that my daughter has set up for us, which is the – do you remember this name? Nell's Garden. That's right, N-E-L-Z-G-A-R-D-E-N on Etsy. So you can find it there. I'm bringing that back. I'm embracing it. It got spammed and hacked, and other people were trying to use it, and I have pretty much recovered it as my secondary other thing. This will always be Garden Mama and Weekend Gardening. But I do like the idea that there's a Z in there somewhere <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, well, it's, hey, a look, beautiful, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And it's I, a, it's I, a good I quality mug, too. And I drink my first cup of coffee every day, as long as it's not pouring down rain. And then I have an umbrella. You know, if it is, like, you know, big porch umbrella. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I always drink my first cup of coffee in the garden. That's just the way I like to start my day. So, so you, now you can see why we keep him around. Yeah, here. I love it. I mean, there's just <laughs> nothing better than going out here and the birds chirp and everything's getting going and everything's got the dew on it and it's waiting for its growth of the day and you know it's, it's so much to look forward to so why exactly. not put yourself exactly. in that mindset you know and and he's he of course has the same things that i do which are dogs and cats and after about 30 seconds of you sitting in that pleasant meditative position here they come okay where's the food are you going to pet me now chase this do that and Frankly, it turns into a really fun little time for me because my cat is so old he no longer will come in the house. He has decided that the the potting bench is his world and the rest of us can just adjust. So I, I like to go out and visit him, drink my coffee, pet the cat, all of that. What are y'all doing in your gardens? That's what we're here about. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That's the Super Talk call line, and of course the C Spire text line is always open to you when I'm here. It's six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Needless to say, um, y'all are up early this morning, and I appreciate that very very much because I love getting your texts. It's always fun. Trey and Grenada has has given us the. Uh, isn't that beautiful? It's a, it's a purple bean flower on rattlesnake bean, and he got a beautiful close-up of it. You must have a new camera. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks. got to be a Samsung. I'm serious. Those are pretty. That's really good looking. And indeed, part of what we don't appreciate necessarily as much as we might are the other colors. You know, this is going to be rattlesnake beans, all right? 
as as macho and gorgeous as they are, they still come from this lovely little flower. And that's that's kind of how things grow, you know. Bill and Perkinston this morning. Bill and Lisa there in Poplarville, actually. How do you know when corn is ready to be picked? Well, generally speaking, it tassels and, and the tassel gets brown and you know it's about time. And then you try one and you see whether it's filled enough. And if it's not, you put on a deep soak of water for as long as you can stay underwater. Not, not like heavy running off water, but deep soaking around the plants. And that will help them to fill out if they're not already full. But by the time they brown up and bend over, you're generally speaking ready to go ahead and pick. So pick at least one and see how you're doing. The same is true, actually, of garlic. When uh, about half the garlic leaves are, are yellow, it's time. If you haven't already picked, pulled the garlic, you need to do that because otherwise it will end up seeding out into the soil below you and you won't be able to get it out of the ground as easily, first of all. Clean the bulbs. No water. No water. Just clean the bulbs. And you know I like... Um, as much as I like my really good garden gloves, I also really, really like the ones that have the little nubs on them that are cheap, that don't last very long, and they're absolutely perfect for this particular task. When you're cleaning bulbs, whether it's a caladium or a garlic or anything else that you're taking out of the ground that you want to store, you don't want to use water to clean it off, but you want to get as much of the dirt off of it as you possibly can. So they're very handy for that. That's, um, that, that's absolutely true. First question today from the Facebook group. Pamela wants to know why her watermelons have been only have been marble sized for two weeks and not growing any. I'm I'm just going to take a stab at it and say you're not watering regularly. It takes about three times a week, even when it rains, unless it's raining torrentially, in which case the melons you won't even be able to get to the melons. But if it's not, they need more water than you think they do. So that that's the the first answer to that question. Now, well, good morning. Mabel is here. Welcome in, Mabel. Thank you for calling from Jackson. What's going on today? I want to know how to do a raised bed. Okay. And what to put in it. What you want to grow? Is it in, is it in the sun, and do you want to grow uh, vegetables just, or what? Yeah, vegetables. I like, I like peppers and mm-hmm. tomatoes. And, well, you are right on time uh, because in June is when we start getting that bed ready for the July planting, so we have tomatoes and peppers and whatnot in late summer and fall, so you're right on time. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to have to work, huh? Now be sure you put some water out there, get you a soaker hose or put your sprinkler up. I've had to set up two sprinklers because yeah. I've got some soil that's getting dry really, really quickly. Got one good rain this week, barely noticed it. <laughs> the cars are flooded. The, the, my, my house is uh, right where an area of the street floods. The cars are all flooded in the street, but I still need to water my flowers. <laughs> so didn't get that much rain. Okay. But you're on the right track. You're, you're right on time, and you've got just the right situation for all of that. I'll, I'll look forward to hearing about it. Yeah? The hard what do I do to build a raised bed? Oh, okay. Oh, even better. What you do to get a raised bed is you get your daughter to go to any of the big box stores and get you the four corners that the boards just slide into. And then you get the boards and slide them in, and you got your raised bed in about an afternoon. Get you some good soil and, and uh, mix it all up and put it in there, and, and you're, in, you're in shape. That, I'm telling you, I really never used to do that. I used to say use cinder blocks or use this or use that. Those corners are so easy, and they make such a 
great. They last so long that they make a beautiful show in the yard. And at the same time, they're durable. They're not going to ever collapse on you. She said, I'm I'm talking about my beds now. They're all collapsing on the edges. (laughs) Okay. Well, do you, the sides of, you know, mm-hmm. you said the corners. Yep, you're going to get the corners, any kind of board. Just going to put a board uh, in there that's about six inches wide. Most people will tell you not to use treated wood. I'm not so much about that. I'm, I, I would like to paint the wood if you don't use treated wood because I'd like it to last a while. But it really is one of the mm-hmm. lesser. We don't treat wood the same way we did 40 years ago, so we have a better product mm-hmm. now. And okay. how high is that off the ground? Because I want to... About six inches. It, I mean, you can it, put it as high off the ground as you want to, but you need about six inches of depth yeah. to grow peppers and tomatoes. Yeah, that's what I want. Peppers mm-hmm. and tomatoes. You can put some greens in it, right? Sure. Pretty soon. You'll be doing that in September. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna right be ready, now. but you're gonna um, be ready. Now I have uh, my all my flowers that you know in my big pot. Wow. Can you use that part of the Sure, recycle all of it. Yeah, okay. get some new, some oh. old, mix it all together. I'm all for that. Sure. What kind of fertilizer I started out with? I'm gonna say because you've got you're gonna use some old potting soil, and then you're gonna also get some new like container garden soil that will also be at the big box or at the garden center. And at that point, mm-hmm. you won't really need any fertilizer except you'll plant the plants and then you'll fertilize the plants. But the bed oh, itself, the bed itself will have plenty in, of stuff in it. Into the, <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it into the soil. Yep, or put, put it in the water. Either one. Put it in the water or mix, or mix it in the soil. Just anything that's for vegetable gardening is going to work fine. Okay. And how long I do, how wide do I have to make the bed I'd be you know what? My, my limit. No, oh, that's fine. My limit in in the width of the bed is what I can sit next to it and reach across to the middle. As long as I can reach the middle, this it's is. it's it's not too wide from yeah. either side. You know. Oh. And I can put it in my backyard where the sun rises. Yes, ma'am. Come, perfect. Know? Perfect. Okay. I love now, it. Now, uh, well, this is my last question. Okay. Sure. Um. What uh, can I do about this cat? Linda cats makes dough, <laughs> and they comes over, they comes over and get in my yeah. My, they do. It's not just the I neighbors' cats. My cats do the same thing, and it, there's there's a couple of yeah. answers to this problem. One is, I put a little bit of fencing, like a soft piece of metal of some sort, over the top of the soil so that they don't. It, when they dig it, they actually end up hitting something else, or when your plants are real, real crowded, they also won't get in that space. So you just you have to keep it covered up until it gets but, full. But I, I have some little dogs, yarkers, and they come over and they want to blow up at my, at my, my, my dogs. They're not my cats. <laughs> but I want to know what I can do to make them sad you are worrying my, my, my dogs. Mm, that's a hard one. Cats are so sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> I have cats. I can yeah, say that. Okay. <laughs> I like them too, but they they they, they want to rule my yard. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the most effective thing that I have found for cats. And there are people out here that know I'm going to say this, and they're all having a stroke right now because they don't want to hear me say this. Is a water pistol. Mm-hmm. And you go outside, you hit okay. them a few times with that water pistol with a little water, and they'll be somewhere else. <laughs> 
Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Think think about that today. Thank you, Mabel. I'll talk to you soon. Bye now. (laughs) Great projects, though. This is the time to put in a new raised bed for your fall vegetable crop. You're not on. <laughs> we lost him. Ah, there we go. I was uh, hit the wrong button, you know. Um, I was looking at the corners. I'd seen some of those before, and they make several different styles yes. depending on, as you said, how high you want to go mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how simple you want it to be. But that looks to be the way to go. It's you, instant. No nails. It's instant. <laughs> no screws. Uh, no nails. I, I, and I will tell you the truth. Um, my son and his wife did that, and it is it's. There's no other reason to do anything else. Well, and then you can take it if you want to remove it at if some point. If you need to take it apart, it comes apart. And so. then, uh, in, in relation to the comments on the water pistol, uh, I will 100% <laughs> agree it works equally as well on neighbors' dogs and your own cats. So, See? yeah, just keep a good little uh, squirt gun like you'd buy for your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're in. And I'm kind of into a super soaker myself, but that's another story. Yeah, they work. <laughs> The one that I have right now leaks, and so I have I'm having a, a water gun problem. But I will tell you that that if it's a not not a not a dollar store sprayer, but a slightly better hand sprayer that holds one quart or something like that, a couple of cups maybe of water, it can be dialed down to a very very sharp point, and that works pretty good too. <laughs> works pretty well. My uh, one of my cats loves to drink. There's a little bit of a leak at the where, where I roll the hose up and it sprays just a little bit like a you know a mist they love that and he loves it yeah they love that you know there are i've, I've had at times in my life the things that attach to your hose that the the cats can lick and the water will come to them and um until the dog ate the hose it worked out just fine <laughs> cats and dogs hmm part of our garden part of our life you know our life isn't entirely about gardening but gardening's entirely about our life. Stick around, we got more to do here on Weekend Gardening. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card, plus more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Hey, Dr. Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMOD SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. 
FS1 Concepts, 1345 Flowood Drive in Flowood is the place to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Today's grand opening provides food, fun, and drinks for everyone. During your visit, you'll experience how just one stop can provide all your quality food service equipment and supply needs. Big savings today only. 25% off of all cutlery and utensils. 20% off of all barware. 20% off quality cookware. 15% off of ice machines and 10% off of all other equipment. Come experience what the professionals at FS1 Concepts can do for you and your business today. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. The eyes behind the camera. It sees what the camera doesn't. And Tristan Duplachain is all eyes as your photographer. Weddings, families, fashion, maternity, business, senior portraits, kids and newborns. Book your special sessions today, 601-946-3708. That's 601-946-3708. Or stop by our new location next to Jenna Benna's in downtown Brandon. Tristan Duplachain, your eye behind the camera. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchard retirement.com Yeah, don't we all wish we could play like that? Be so nice. Sit around that campfire. Listen to Leo Kaki play guitar. Yeah, George Harrison might be there. Um, <laughs> Eric Clapton. They were all there. The people that people tell you they listen to are sometimes the people that are the most interesting. And Leo Kotke is one of the people that all of the famous rockers listen to. Back in the when I think it was a relief. He was so. Um, I hesitate to say grassroots, but he was so grassroots in the sense of. 
he was playing guitar in Texas, and if you wanted to know, you had to pretty much come see him. <laughs> That's pretty grassroots, as it were. Now, we all know that this is the time, people, somebody in your family has got a set of pruners in their hands, and they're determined to go out and cut something. All right, there's some things that we can cut right now that are okay, particularly the gardenias, for example. If your gardenias are blooming, congratulations. I don't care if they rebloom or if they don't. If you're going to prune them, the time to prune them is right after they finish blooming because we want them to put on lots of brand-new wood this summer. They're going to bloom on next year and perhaps again this summer if they bloom on, on new wood again. That's nice. But but for them to bloom on this year's wood next year, we've got to get them pruned at this time of year. This is also the time really with – we've had some experiences. Right, My blueberries are sitting there. Okay, it's Again, it's a water issue. And I'm watering, but they can. I managed to get a handful to ripen. They're all fine. Not even the birds are interested. They're just trying to get enough water to ripen. So I'm continuing to soak them. It is a soaker hose situation. A couple hours here, a couple hours there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm confident that sometime this month I will have blueberries. If, however, like the writer to my Garden Mama group um, said, Let's see, who told me this? Uh, Leslie said that her blueberries, the first time she doesn't have any. Now, that happens for a couple of reasons. The main one being that at the time that the flowers opened, there was either weather too cold for them to pollinate or so much rain that they couldn't pollinate or they got frozen right after that so they couldn't, you know, the flowers froze off and couldn't pollinate. All of those things will cause that to happen. It's unusual but not rare. The other thing that it tells you is why we all would like to have early, mid, and late season blueberries. Because I'll tell you, my early season blueberry bush is not looking that great, but the others are doing fine. They they just need water to ripen, and they'll get it eventually. So I'm happy about that. But I think it's good to know that if you didn't get any blueberries, you should still do the pruning at the time that, for example, either the gardenias should have bloomed, which would be now, or that the blueberries should have made fruit, which is June. So we're going to do that pruning at t- toward the end of this month. If you have that relative who is determined, send them out on the scratch test and let them examine your shrubs, and they can cut off everything that's actually dead because there's still a lot out there that is. That's, a, what, that's my tip for today on that particular issue. Now, if you are a subscriber to Garden Mama, All Things Garden Mama Weekly, and I hope you are, you will know that I have teased a little story today. That is one that is very dear to my heart, and that is, of course, will Rosie the robot be now cooking my dinner? Can that can that happen? I'm a little more hopeful than I was until you read all the way into the study. University of Cambridge is letting us know that they have trained a robotic chef. That's right. You heard those words together probably never before except from Rosie the robot, and I'm still more interested in having her iron my clothes. But anyway... They're teaching them with cooking videos, and they recreate the dish themselves. And now, obviously, this is a robot with a whole lot of AI capacity. And this is not, you know, um, this is not Martha Dean telling stories about her children while she's cooking. These are actually educational. Not, not that she's not, but my point is that there's no conversation. It's just showing you how to do it. For example, if if I pick up this cup to show you my new swag as I'm doing, okay, that's not helpful to the robot. 
the robot wants to be to put my hand underneath it so it can see the whole thing rather than holding it. Think of a carrot. A carrot in a human hand doesn't look the same as a carrot lying in, in the open. And to tell them they need a carrot, the robotic chef has got to know what you're doing. <laughs> so I think it'd be kind of boring to watch. But the idea, of course, is that cooking is challenging for everybody. And if we could make better food available by having it prepared by machines, then perhaps we would be onto something. The robot... Uh, analyzes each frame of video, you know, classic computer vision stuff, and takes the different objects and the features and puts them together in the right order, which is sometimes our problem. We may have the recipe, but we don't necessarily follow it. The robot's going to follow it. So that's part of the interest in this. Automated food production, things like whether it's a, a, a situation of conflict or war or tragedy, you know, it would be wonderful to be able to send in, I think, semi-trucks full of robot chefs to an area where there's a drought with enough ingredients to cook whatever those people are accustomed to eating and have it be there as opposed to people having to walk 500 miles or whatever. They're, you know, we hear about droughts all the time, but we don't hear about how people react to them. And sometimes, the, unfortunately, the people don't have the opportunity to react. They and the animals both take the hit. So maybe we can solve that. Maybe we can also get some of the issues out of replicating meals that we would like to replicate that we can't do ourselves hmm call the jetsons i think we've got something here we might work on that pretty soon let's see um i'm trying to guess where this is i always roll up in the texts if you don't give me your name or your location but um (laughs) you're pretty funny (laughs) I've got a 100-year-old white oak tree that is shedding leaves, shedding brown leaves like it is fall. Help. Okay, what I can tell you is that there has been some, even on a white oak, there has been some delay of leafing out, and that's because of the up-and-down winter that we had, okay? If you don't see any holes in the trunk, if you don't see any sawdust at the base of the tree, that it would indicate to you that something is boring into it. If the leaves that fall do not have big spots on them, and if they're falling in waves, like when the wind's blowing real well and you're seeing other new leaves coming out, that's just a late development. That's a late leafage, as they would say in a horticulture journal somewhere. On the other hand, if you are experiencing severe drought, sometimes white oaks will just drop some leaves to make up for the others. And yes, they'll turn brown first because the tree claims the nutrients that are in those leaves before it lets go of them. Obviously, if you see holes in the side or sawdust on the ground, that's a different issue. We need to talk about boring insects. If the leaves have a problem themselves that are falling off, we may have a fungus problem. But otherwise, it's just the the white oak doing its thing. I, I have red oak and white oak. And the red oak is famous for frustrating leaf rakers because it throws off some leaves about every month, you know, from November until it gets all of its new leaves put on, which will make you crazy if you're trying to keep any area neat. That's why it's a good back-of-the-yard plant. White oak usually tends to drop everything almost all at once, and so that this is a bit of an unusual behavior for it, but it's not unexpected because it's been such an unusual year. And uh, I don't, I don't know who to. I don't. I always want to give you a name and a place. So we'll say that you're Stanley from So-So. I have no idea. <laughs> if you don't want me to make it up, tell me your name and where you are when you send something in. That'll help me. 
Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Let's just go ahead and do this. Lance, this one's for you. From the University of Georgia. Colorful, fresh foods improve athletes' vision. He's nodding his head, y'all. I don't know. Yeah, carrots. Yeah, love the carrots. carrots. That's such a great myth. Yeah. Who's ever mother invented that or whatever carrot farmer invented that? Now, now, obviously, we do need carrots. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm I have one child that's never eaten them. And believe you me, he has bad vision. But he got that from me. So I eat carrots. I still have bad eyes. But I like the idea of trying to figure out. I, I'm, I'm guessing that in order to do this research, which is published, um, by the way, in Exercise and Sports Sciences Review. He's nodding his head. These are things that actually exist. What they are looking at is how a group of plant compounds build up in the retina. These are known as your macular pigments. And, in fact, those are things that improve eye health and, yes, the function of them, which is to say the vision. So what they have decided is going to work the best for them, they're, they're – they look in. They look at the health benefits of these these foods as well. Obviously, we're not going to give you a, you know an eggplant that isn't also healthy, but something that is is functional perspective is what they're always looking at. So they test your vision, and then you go on this food plan for a period of time. I think that's six months, and then they test you again to see. And sure enough, the athletes were a little bit sharper at recognition. And I, this is clearly, I mean, the reason why things get harder to see has to do with the time of day and the sunlight on the field or your own vision. And if we can ameliorate your part of it, (laughs) at least we're only looking at the part that nature creates in terms of the way things look different. My favorite in baseball has always been Reggie Jackson saying that the ball looked like a marshmallow to him when it came at him. You know, it didn't didn't look like some people say they look like plates. He said, no, but it looked like a big old marshmallow, big old soft thing that he could hit. And, of course, you know, Mr. October and all that. He's pretty famous. Have you seen the documentary, uh, Mr. November? Yeah. I, I, I've, I've been waiting. You know, I wanted to. I have seen the clips. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't I, watch it. I don't watch all of anything. Well, and, you know, he was such That's a, not true. Wait a minute. Two o'clock today, LSU versus yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, I probably Southern will Miss, watch all of that. Southern Miss is on today. LSU Southern is Miss is on today. today. It's a big baseball day it's for those huge, of us who like baseball. Yeah, it's a huge baseball day. And I'm, I was always a big Reggie fan. You know, he's just such a. Hard to resist. Oh, man. I mean, Even the, though I don't like the super, Yankees, a superstar though. I mean, yeah, that's the definition of it. He's like the Jim Brown of baseball. Yes, he you really know? was. But in, in terms of the athletic performance, you know, there's so much investment going into nutrition today, not just at the pro level, but at the college level. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot of the athletes coming out of high school that are going to D1 or mid-major schools that are really getting the type of nutrition that is going to allow them to, you know, take on the caloric needs in a day. And also continue to build the protein necessary for yes. muscle. Yes. And then you also, hey, you got to go to school too. All so this, this stuff, yeah. you know, your eyes, your brain, everything's got to work. So, but the nutrition side is so important. And I've lately, you know, I tried, um, to, to, you know, add a lot more of the peppers and vegetables and those things mm-hmm. in just mm-hmm. a raw form. And I know cooking them is probably even better, but you know, it, it is remarkable. Either one works. Yeah. It is remarkable how much better you feel. And I don't mean just, you know, Hey, I did something good for myself, but really just over a week, a couple, three weeks or so, things you start, you, you know, you feel better. You just feel better. Yeah. You, the things are crisper and you see things a little differently. And that, that makes sense that you were saying that. One of the issues that people always have is how exhausted they get in any kind of sports. And that part of that is 
oftentimes due to eating what we would call the popcorn and sunflower seed diet, you know, that, that kids can get on. Bus food is another term for some of that stuff. But when my hope, of course, is that because we feed athletes better and because we prize athletes so and revere what accomplishments people are able to make, that that will translate down to an eight-year-old boy or girl who says, well, I think I'd really like to eat some vegetables. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Just give me one. (laughs) Now, there are plenty of kids that do like to eat vegetables. There are a lot that don't. I think we actually get into a worse thing in our 20s. It's the first time most people have been responsible for making their own food decisions, and we don't always make the best ones. No, no. (laughs) I I would agree to that. You know, I got after after college and playing ball, I was eating so many calories. It took me about a year to really adjust the diet from, you know, and and then getting to where it was more manageable Mm -hmm, for not mm -hmm. burning 48,000 calories a week or something, you know. So it did take an adjustment. And and you kind of go to the what's easiest sometimes, you know, and that's the bad, that's the worst choice. Oftentimes that's not the best choice. Well, I'm I'm impressed with this whole uh, business of – they got deep into this particular study to talk about from the center fielder's perspective and all of these kind of things and the way that the ball can look behind you. And if – I remember that when – I guess guess coming along around in the 80s somewhere, they began actually putting – serious glasses and helmets and and better so that you didn't just get hit by a ball once and break your glasses and quit playing baseball <laughs> you know they they started making more durable um equipment and i think that helps but i love the idea of doing it internally too that's really smart really really smart oh cool david's in oak grove hey oak grove how y'all doing today he's got two rows of sweet corn that is now waist high blew some of it down yes he straightened them up yes Yes. After being blown over, if you straighten them up, there's every chance in the world that they'll come on and, and get, get going for you. Some of them may not, but in general, we can get, we can unlodge corn. When it leans over and nobody does anything about it for a couple of days, it's really hard to get it growing back upright. But I think you've done the right thing. So I'm looking forward to hearing that you've got all the corn in the world in Oak Grove. Let's see now. How long does it take to get to Oak Grove? Hmm. Hmm. We'll be back. This is Weekend Gardening. keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We've got your chance to go for free. Free, free, free. Win tickets. 
tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses Live. Live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Super Talk Mississippi Media. With the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune in to Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 830 to 930 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazda of Jackson would like to introduce the all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90, the car that takes luxury to the next level. Imagine being behind the wheel, feeling the comfort of the premium leather seats, and breathing in the aroma of genuine wood trim. And that's just the beginning. The CX-90 has a sleek design that's sure to turn heads wherever you go. The exterior is built to impress with bold lines and an athletic stance. But don't let its sporty exterior fool you. The CX-90 is built for families. With three rows of seats, it comfortably accommodates up to seven passengers. Plus, there's ample cargo space for all your gear. And for those who demand the latest technology, the CX-90 delivers. With a state-of-the-art infotainment system and advanced safety features, you'll always stay connected and safe. The all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90. Luxury, performance, and family-friendly, all in one package. Test drive yours today at Mazda of Jackson. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. I noticed Mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the Orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchardretirement.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com.
Yes, indeed. Onions are blooming. It's time to get them dug up and reset, as they say, for the next round of green onions or whatever you're doing. If you are growing full-size onions, my hat is off to you because I have a very difficult time doing that. But you have sandier soil than I do, so maybe that's easier. The good news is it's also time to see about them. We're looking at garlic. We're looking at all of the onions. We're looking at everything going into bloom, and that is your potatoes, too, for that matter. It's giving you your cue that you need to take care of them at that uh, that rate. More things coming in on the text line today. Let's just say Bob from Belzona, because we don't really know, it has, a, has just planted a new fig tree, and it's really cute. But uh, he's right. There, there's, there needs to be a little attention given to it right now. First of all, get all that grass out from around it. I love when y'all can send me photos, because I can tell you what to do. And then... Go ahead and do the scratch test, but I believe that those other sticks that are standing up above the growth are dead just like they are at my house. So be sure that they are and cut those off. Then you'll be, you'll have an area around the fig where it can actually thrive without competing with grasses and things coming up next to it. And you can also give it the opportunity to have a little bit more sunlight. So. Well, and in mm-hmm. that thought process, the, the fig I'm working with, it's, you know, it's probably six feet tall. Uh, and, and I'd, taking it from somebody who moved and Mm -hmm. beautiful plant but it was in a real shady area and uh it it must have split as it went up about at the about three or four feet up one of the branches had broken and remained fairly dead and then the other one had sprouted off of that at about a 45 degree angle so i have a beautiful like three 45 45 (laughs) degree angle and then so i'd clipped the dead branch off but at the bottom similar to you're uh, getting more i'm getting some growth on the opposite side like it's trying to yeah. offset that is that it will okay. Okay. it'll try to it, it'll try you may have to help it right you know over the years you may have to prune that sideways when a little mm-hmm. bit heavier so that the other can catch up with it well I just but that's what it. we hope for i just is that it, the other yeah. that the one you cut off is going to send up new growth well and i was hoping taking it out of the i had a, it was in a really beautiful ceramic pot that was very tall but it was kind of uh, egg-shaped it was hard you mm-hmm. know, it, it didn't mm-hmm. really want to expand that's not enough so for a I, fig I, anyway. just, you know, yeah i, yeah, I, I yeah. kind of softened it up pulled it out and put it in a huge pot and reset it and it seemed seems like uh, it's liking it. It's, it may be, you know, getting a little root shock from expanding, but is there anything I would need to do uh, to maybe help it along and feel better about it? The so. only thing that I would do for it at this point would probably be to give it a little bit of organic nitrogen. I don't want you to over-fertilize the thing, but a, a layer of compost in the top of the pot under the mulch would be would be helpful. Just a little bit, a little boost. Sometimes transplant shock is simply that, and it goes away in a hurry. Other times, of course, it causes the plant not to be able to live. And so we want to make sure that it continues to be happy. In other words, not lose any ground, continue to grow a little bit, but you don't want to force it to grow too fast. And I'm getting so. a little yellowing. Yeah, I've had a few. Yeah, that's your time for nitrogen. Okay. Yep, that's what that is. He's getting so smart, y'all. Hey, now, listen, the next one coming in on the text line today, Greg's got a really sweet blueberry farm there in Yazoo. Two sets of blueberries. Some are six feet tall and some are not. Some are little and haven't grown as much as they should. So the answer is, the question is, what about fertilizer and what to do and how much to prune? If they're six feet tall, you can take a foot off, and that'll be a good idea, unless you feel like you need to take more. For example, if they're... If those particular bushes are growing as much as a foot a year, you may want to take off a little bit more than that because you still want to be able to reach the berries at the top when they make it next year. But taking a foot off of a six-foot blueberry is really a good start. 
the little bitty ones, the ones that are a couple of feet tall that haven't really grown, you're just literally going to take a set of leaves off of each branch, just a tiny little haircut. Then, yes, you're going to need to come in and fertilize them. You have a choice. You basically have the same choices that, that we were just talking about in figs. You can use an organic compost, a, a, a simply put out a layer of nitrogen for them, and that may be plenty. On the other hand, if you feel like you need to feed the little ones that haven't grown so much a little more, you can certainly give them a fertilizer that makes an acid formulation. In other words, one that is made for blueberries and hollies and camellias and gardenias. Any organic incomplete fertilizer is also going to have that effect because organic organic nutrients, organic materials tend to acidify the soil. And keeping the soil acidified around blueberries is really the main thing that allows them to take up whatever else nutrients are available, either that you've put out or that are in the soil. So prune them back, take a foot off the six foots, take only a few inches off the little one, and then give it some sort of fertilizer, all of them, but maybe a little more to the babies. Would it matter, you know... Yazoo County is so diverse in its topography. It's such a beautiful place. I love I hunt, you know, and spent a lot of time around there. But if you're down in the Delta area versus up in the hills, with the with the obviously the Delta grounds flat, does it is it going to have natural type of uh, you know acidity to it, or or, or you're going to have to add a lot to that kind of Delta soil? A I little bet. bit, but not a lot. Not a it's lot. A, I mean, I'm so jealous of that soil because it is so much closer to ideal than mine. <laughs> you know? Here in the clay world where I live, but there's it, it's you still you, but part of what you're doing when you're feeding blueberries is you're also feeding the soil because the soil can make so much more available if it is acidified and does the right job for you. So it doesn't really matter whether you're doing it at the beginning or whether you're doing it every year. Probably both is the best approach because the soils are different, but they're still going to need just a little bit of attention. Well, that's God's country up in there, you know, and, and you got a town named Eden, so that, yep, that says yep. a lot. Our, and our, it friends, is, it, our friends it, there will tell us it's that, beautiful, too. beautiful, I love they're, 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 The soils a little bit further east in our state tend to be more acid. The part, where, you know, we're at the very base, on you, you probably know, but some people might not, that, that we're at the, the very northern part of Mississippi is the base of the Appalachian Mountains. And so that's that's what we call old soil. And that's why they're not, you know, older mountains have had a lot more weathering and a lot more time spent on them, and they tend to be a lot more organically covered, and therefore they are tend, they tend to be more on the acid side. So the really good news, though, is that if you've got if you if you're looking at a soil, you can find it in the South. We have everything from pure sand to pure clay to gumbo to yes, some that can actually be described as loam. <laughs> they drain well. They have nutrients. It's terrible. You're, you're talking about the company with L-O-M-E at the end of everything? <laughs> it seems that they, <laughs> they they took that directly from L-O-A-M. Yes, they did. They sure did. No question. Oh, my goodness. Ken's got a raised bed. Oh, this is one of my very favorite questions because it gives me an opportunity to tell you what I really think. If you're making a raised bed and you're putting it where lawn was, which you probably are, something was growing there, or there wouldn't be enough sun for a raised bed. People oftentimes want to put a solid bottom in the raised bed or maybe just something with some little slats so that it can drain. And then they worry about the weeds coming up through it. Here's what here's the best thing to do. Take a sharp shovel. A spade is even better because it has a a square head. All right. Sharpen that thing and get down there and scrape. You can do this with a string trimmer, but you still have to get in scrape right at soil level 
with a shovel to get the roots off of that top part. Get all that out of there. Now, if you've got really good turf, I would say take a couple of inches, you know, because you're going to get some turf you can transplant someplace else. But if it's just like my house, odd grass that you want to cover up with a, a raised bed, scrape that all off. Then build your soil because you want, in a raised bed, ideally you want one shovel's deep of the native soil, whatever it is that's there. In in my case, the native soil has lots of minerals in it, has all sorts of other stuff in it, that, that critters and whatnot, that we really do need. But if you will start with that one shovel's depth, then anything else you put in there to make the raised bed soil will be a whole lot happier. Then you control anything that comes up through all of that with hand pulling and or maybe a little bit of mulch but it's so much better later on the, the soils will last longer and i'm mine my soils have lasted long enough and they're still growing things i gotta replace the edges okay see i should have got those corners but they didn't make them then more to go come on y'all let's be green there's more weekend gardening You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Welcome to Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course. Why wouldn't you just call 811? So, the takeaway, folks, to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now they're SkyRizzy. Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at Baroni'sTreePros.com. It's Lisa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Medical marijuana is slowly becoming available to residents throughout the state. Representative Lee Yancey, who chairs the House Drug Policy Committee, explained that a lot of improvements are still being made. 
Now we have had medicine in the dispensary since about January. Things are going more smoothly than they have been. Of course, we've ironed out a lot of wrinkles. The Department of Health, Department of Revenue are doing a a very wonderful job as far as regulation is concerned. And they have a big job in front of them, one that was unknown to them prior to this. And so uh, they have had to just create it from the ground up. Yancey added that the amount of cardholders in Mississippi is growing. In April, we had 6,500. In May, we had 10,391. And then in June, we now have almost 13,900. So it's going from 65 to 10 to almost 14,000 patients. This Father's Day, find the perfect gift for the dad who loves the perfect yard. From steel chainsaws and blowers to trimmers and edgers, you'll find gas-powered tools that dad is sure to love. Visit your local steel dealer and save $20 on the BG50 blower. Now just $129.99. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Was $149.99 MSRP. Offer valid for a limited time at participating dealers while supplies last. We have one voice. The voice of agriculture. We have one job. Growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith is concerned that the Biden administration's energy policies increasingly put the nation's electric grid at risk. During a recent Senate Energy Committee hearing, David Tudor of Missouri-based Associated Electric Cooperative told her supply chain challenges are worse than they've ever been. Minerals to actually create renewable projects are 70-80% managed and and controlled by China. Hyde Smith is a co-sponsor of the SPUR Act. This is one of two Republican-sponsored bills aimed at reforming the permitting and environmental review processes that are delaying key projects. I think we need to at least 2040 to maintain fossil fuel plants and make a smooth transition to a cleaner United States. That doesn't fix the world. It will just fix the United States because China is going to continue to build coal plants. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The road to Omaha now comes through Hattiesburg as the NCAA Super Regionals are returning to Pete Taylor Park and Hill Denson Field for a second time in program history in back-to-back years. Only two teams are hosting back-to-back Super Regionals. Southern Miss and Sanford are those two. The Golden Eagles are 45 and 18 and will take on Tennessee's Volunteers who are 41 and 19. Game one of the Super Regional in Hattiesburg is today at 2 o'clock at Pete Taylor Park in Hildenson Field. And game two will be on Sunday at a time yet to be determined. And then Monday's game, if necessary, will also be determined by how many teams have to play on Monday. This is the third appearance for the Golden Eagles and the Super Regionals. Won it in 09 and made it to Omaha last year. Go Eagles! I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. We are the people. Mississippians. We are the land. Growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us. From the roof over your head to the food on your table. We are small town, but big moments. 
your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. The final leg of the Triple Crown Series will be run today. The 155th running of the Belmont Stakes gets underway at 5.50 post time at Belmont Park in Elmont, New York. One month ago, Ford was the favorite in the Kentucky Derby before being scratched. He'd be a 5-2 favorite in today's Belmont. He did not run in the Preakness. Mage, the Kentucky Derby winner, did run in the Preakness, but we will not run in today's Belmont. Here's the lineup. Tappet Shoes will come out of gate one. Tappet Trice, who finished seventh in the Derby, will come out of gate two. Archangelo will come out of gate three. National Treasure, the winner of the Preakness Stakes, will come out of gate four. Miracolo will come out of gate five. Fort will come out of gate six. Hit Show, who finished fifth in the Kentucky Derby, will come out of gate seven. Angel of Empire, who finished third in the Derby, will come out of gate eight. And Red Route One will come out of gate nine. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. You know, sometimes I amaze myself. That's probably a good thing. I am looking at the spring 1996 issue. That's right. That's how long I've been writing. Right here. Right here. Right now. This is Loose Dirt. Loose Dirt does not exist anymore. For those of you who have been with me since that time, hello, good morning, Lynn Ashford. Thank you very much. She's the editor. She was brilliant. Um, This information was still really good. (laughs) So I, I wrote the chore chart for several years for this publication. And uh, when I wander into it, I look and I go, you know, it is still true that there are three keys to growing annuals, flowers particularly, but, but vegetables too, all summer. Water deeply every week, fertilize twice a month, and keep the spent blooms trimmed off. If they can rebloom, they will, but they won't. If they've got that one, then they're going to set seed, which if you don't want them to do that, cut the flowers off to get more flowers which goes directly i mean i mean instantaneously directly to gloria's question from clinton on the text line today she asks whether or not she should deadhead these roses or they're they're a ground cover rose kind of a drift rose looking thing might be carpet i can't really tell which one it is but the answer is yes if the roses can rebloom at this point in the summer i'm going to deadhead them now on the other hand, if I know they're not not a reblooming type of rose, I'll leave them so that they form the hips for the birds if the roses look good. You know, any time that we have flowers that we allow to dry on the plant and turn into seeds, we, we're putting energy from that plant into that process. We're not putting energy into growing more stems or more leaves or even more flowers necessarily. 
So you need to make sure what you're dealing with here. On the other hand, when the roses, when the flowers are spent, they're really not good for anything except attracting things like slugs and snails that will hide underneath them in your garden after they fall off the plant or maybe even bring in rose petal fungus. So you don't want all that. Trim them. And even if they don't bloom again, you will be better served in this situation. But if you know that, that a rose is not going to rebloom, these will, by the way, if, if you know that one is not going to rebloom, please let them form hips, but, but, it, but just try not to let it drain your plant. If you have a big, healthy, happy rose, it blooms once, and then you let it make hips, that's great. But on the other hand, when you get to August and it's time to prune all the roses, you're going to want to prune that one, too. By then, the birds will have either eaten the hips or the, the hips will have turned in, you know, they won't be edible anymore. They'll have dried out. So it's a good thing to keep keep track of both of those. This week was a good week for roses in the Garden Mama newsletter. My first question this year about black spot. And, of course, when leaves turn yellow on roses, we tend to think, like everything else, they need some nitrogen. But if they have black spots on that yellow leaf, they have black spot fungus. Seems like an obvious name, but that's what it is. So the best thing about that is that it doesn't usually kill the rose. Sure can make it look awful, though, sometimes. It is a phenomenon that is a bigger problem some years than others. This year has been a big year for it. I even have one of the Clotilles Superas that never gets this problem has two leaves on it this morning, I noticed, that are not so happy. Pluck those leaves off and then keep an eye on the rest of the plant, see how it's doing. For example, you may find, as I did with one of mine last year, you got two branches that are rubbing against each other and there's no air circulation inside that plant. Well, that's where the warm temperature and the amount of rainfall and whatnot can actually help to start the the black spot, even if the rose tends not to be susceptible to it. Now, some will get it terribly and you have to just prune them off. But do prune off the damage keep them and keep it picked up. If the flowers or the leaves fall out, make sure you keep them raked out of that rose bed. If you have a bigger problem, if it keeps up, yeah, you might want to use a fungicide or a combination rose product that has everything in it. I have, uh, we talked about pruning knockout roses recently already. You know, they don't need as much as the others. <laughs> they'll, they'll, if you prune, if you over prune, for example, if you have the old rose, the fairy, and the fairy is growing in your garden now. It's probably blooming. And when we get to next February, you'll you'll cut it down almost by half because it just grows so rapidly. And that's every one of those little stems that it puts out can put on a flower. But other ones like knockouts, if you cut it back hard in February, you're going to get lots of green growth. You may get flowers, particularly the red ones, though, will tend to shoot up a couple of feet of limb, uh, of stem, rather, before they ever put on a flower. So don't prune those quite as heavily. I have uh, been enjoying the, 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 the pink one that the folks at Greenwood Marketplace gave to me when I was up there this year. It has bloomed three times already because I keep taking the old flowers off, but I'm not pruning the plant. I'm just deadheading it, and it, it's looking very, very good. So that's that's the scoop on roses. Yes, Gloria, go ahead and deadhead them now. It's a good idea. Dee sent a picture of her raised bed. She wants to inspire everybody, and she is. Her beans and squash in West Point look great. <laughs> it's a really beautiful bed. Interesting, Don in Boonville has got one tomato out of the two dozen that he has, and one of them has these things on it. Well, these things, if I could 
hold the leaf, hold the, the plant in my hand and put the leaf here, I could look close enough to tell you which exact insect it is. But it's probably, it's one of the piercing and sucking insects, probably an adelgid. When I talk about that, they, they kind of look like an aphid, but they move faster. And this one, this looks like that's what's happening there. In any case, it's not something that you want. So this is the case for using If you ever read a book about, quote, unquote, organic gardening, which now is sustainable gardening, it's still a good idea to turn your hose to blast and try and knock the insects off. For example, if you have aphids in the top of a tomato plant and you blast them off with a a hose, you know, just a whole lot of water to knock them off of there, it takes them a long time to crawl back up to the top of that plant, which is where the tissue is that they want to eat. So you can oftentimes deal with the problem that way. If that doesn't seem to knock them down, it's the case for spinosad or insecticidal soap or the combination product that is called spinosad soap. Don't be dissuaded if you see that one because it's, it's fine. That will work at an eight-day interval. Now, here's the thing you're not going to want to hear. If this is the only plant affected, I, out of 24, I myself would pull it out and get it out of there quick and just put it – and actually what I would do is put a trash bag over the top of it all the way down to ground level and then pull it out like that. So I'm taking the whole plant and all those bugs somewhere else. <laughs> so that's may not be your, your approach, but you have several choices. Blast of water, spinosad and insecticidal soap, or rogue that thing out of there because it's the only one affected. And sometimes that's the best idea. Oh, Lisa's true. This is so true. Lisa sent pictures. These are beautiful squash and cucumbers. She, a friend told her that she needed to hand pollinate them because she was getting little tight fruits, not, you know, they weren't developing like they should have. And that is an indicator at many times of lack of pollination. So what she did was to take a little paintbrush or a little swab of some sort and you move the pollen from the one to the other. And if you look at your anything like squash, there, there's a small fruit behind the one that you want to put the pollen on, and the pollen comes from the other one that doesn't have that. Okay, male and female works real simply. And that reminds me to tell you, my escalator zucchini is is escalating. I hadn't got any fruit on it, but I got about six flowers this morning. Mine's and it's finally getting, started to It's grow. getting up to the top of the funny little thing. I've, I've got it on an obelisk for some reason, but it, the pepper in the pot is not growing. I think it's not getting enough sun. I'm going to have to lift it out. The jalapeno? No, this one is uh, another little little pepper. I don't even know the name of it that my friend grew and gave to me. But the, the climbing zucchini squad, mine's starting to actually. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, I'm a couple weeks behind you, I guess. But it, it yeah, if I, I get a, a fruit this week, I get to be declared the winner. You would win easily. Yeah, this it's not even a challenge. Mine are about seven, eight inches tall, and they're starting to kind of want to climb. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I had about five or six good ones growing, and three or probably three of them wilted, and the other three yeah. seemed to have yeah. the strength. So I'm rooting for them. That's about the the numbers of mine. I, I had I planted at four different spaces in this gigantic pot, and two of them made it, and two of them were like wimp. So that's where I put another pepper in the pot but i'm probably going to have to move it but hand pollination can be the the way oftentimes it may not be that you don't have pollinators it may just be that you have only a few plants and so they pass by and they're not that interested and they go on someplace else or their efforts to pollinate don't necessarily work as well as they could if there was more flowers to pollinate from so all of that makes sense if uh, if you're listening today, Mike, 
you sent the video into the Garden Mama group on Facebook, and that is hilarious. But I'm not putting it on the Facebook group. It's it's a wonderful video, y'all, of what happens when you have too much stuff to garden with. And and I like the last caption that he put on it that said, "There's a nice house behind all this somewhere." We all know about that. Oh my goodness! Why would um, green pecan? Why would pecans drop off when they're green? You have a pest problem. You also probably have a zinc deficiency. So I'm going to say get a soil test and consult with your county agent about that particular issue. You may or may not. Some pecans, you know, some pecan trees don't make pecans that are edible. They make beautiful shade. The leaves make the best compost in the world. But some of them just do not make nuts. If the if you're used to make nuts, this is that's you need to just get back and get them into production. And in that case, you will need to deal with either the zinc deficiency, which you'll learn about from a soil test, or another problem that you would figure out from somebody else in your area that grows pecans. If there's nobody else in your area that grows pecans, that might be the answer right there. They're making nuts, but they're not pollinated, and that would cause them to drop off when they're green. Okay, okay. Um, oh, this is good. Y'all have so many good questions today. Why would tomatoes not develop? They just the plants haven't grown. They've been there a month. They haven't grown at all. And they're just and she's always grown tomatoes. This this is Kay. She's always had good success growing them. You know, sometimes things don't work. And in this case, I have to just say because the way she described the problem, it's literally everything. So I'm going to pick another spot in the garden or another container or another soil or, you know, something different. And I'm going to start the fall crop in July, and I think it'll do better because it, it can't hardly do much worse in the sense that they're not growing at all after a month. No, I'm not going to try and save them. They're compost to me. Now, in two months, Kay will send me a picture of the plant that she kept and saved, and it will be eight feet tall and be covered in tomatoes. And that's, of course, everybody's joy is to save that one plant. But I got to tell you, if it's me and they're not growing, I'm going to go for the next season, which is coming up very quickly. Make it make it that much easier. Wiley wanted to know what are the pods on my iris? Well, they are pods. They're seed pods. They're really pretty spray painted and put into decorations, but they're not unless you're trying to grow iris from seed or unless you are trying to breed iris. And therefore, you need seedlings of unknown origin because they're not going to be the one at the same one as the parent, probably. But you you will end up with some little plants that can be handy for that process. But for the most part, it's just a seed pod. Again, if we let the seeds develop, it takes away from the energy going to the plant itself. So if your plants are really happy and you like the way they look, fine. But if you don't, they will keel over. They'll, they will get too much weight on them and they will keel over. And oftentimes they'll split open in your flower bed and you'll have little irises coming up. So that's fun. But it's not really useful in many, in most ways. Okay, let's see. Um, Park of a country. I don't have that picture, Lawrence, but I will look for it. And how do I get the double knockout to? Oh, oh, I see. It blooms, but it's not bushy. This is Joe and Madison. The the knockout rose. Prune it. Just right now, go out and take that top off, and. If it's six feet tall, take off instead of one foot, take off two feet. If it's one stick that's going up that's 18 inches tall and the rest of the plants below it, take off about three inches. Just give it a little chop and see if we can't. What happens is that that motion of pruning that, that main central leader in a, in a knockout rose, this doesn't work for everything. This does not work for anything with a taproot. 
But for most green herbaceous plants, this will help us to get them spread out. They will be stimulated to break at the buds below on the stem, and that will put out more growth for you. It's it's a, a delightful a delightful thing. Thank goodness, it works. Um, and yes, double knockouts can be a little bit harder to keep in bloom, from what I understand. They are, so yours is blooming. You've already won. <laughs> so. All right, Ken. Let's see what Ken has to say today in Pike County. That's true. Sticky tapes, sticky traps, and tape will tell you exactly who it is, and um, that that's very true. You'll catch them. But I still won't be able to see them on this screen. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't mail me the sticky trap. <laughs> but do I'm going to tell you this because it's this easy. It doesn't. It's not always. It's not like listening to Garden Mama. But if you have a bug like that and you have a good picture of it, go ahead and, and Google search it. Google Google shot. Google eye it. All those other names of those processes that will help you do that. I'm not telling you to go to an app. Because let me tell you something, the apps for insects and diseases are even worse than the, than the apps for plants as a general rule, so or, or no more reliable. But if you, if, you, if you Google image it, you will probably get what it is. Oh, rich in Kentwood, this is so pretty. The basil is looking great. I can taste it from here. Mine is absolutely you had a blast growing. It looks like that, about a foot taller. And I just go pull a leaf about every day on it and enjoy it. Love it, love it, love it. And um, by the way, this was another day that, that he was talking about. He had Chet Atkins playing. What one? If you don't know Chet Atkins' music, y'all, go look it up. That's some good music. <laughs> My daddy was a friend of his. Let's see. Oh, dear. We're in Clarksdale with Charlie and Brenda this morning. There's a two-year-old apple tree. Two weeks ago it was beautiful and had eight small apples. It looked good in the spring. Everything else overnight, this happened. There's no 2,4-D, but it sure does look like it. You're right about that. Ooh, it does look like it, doesn't it? Um, I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think the situation is that the tree has not been pruned enough to sustain itself with the amount of water that it is getting so i'm not going to say prune it now but i am going to say keep the leaves picked up that fall off and go ahead and continue using your apple spray products to help slow down the fungus and keep the insects from getting into the rest of the tree if you can send me close-ups next week of a particular spot in the tree if it seems like there is for example, if you if you look out in your yard and you know that there's a cedar tree across the road and you start seeing orange stuff on this apple tree, we're going to have to talk about cedar apple rust. That's an obvious problem. But there are other problems that I could see in a closer photograph of some of these issues. Or you may just say to yourself, you know, I'm going to let those leaves fall off and we'll see what happens. A lot of people do. And sometimes the tree surprises you. So I'll be happy to pursue it with you. But I'm going to tell you that it's got to be pruned more next year, and it probably needs more water this year. Okay? All right. Oh, my goodness, it's Piano Boogie already. Whee! I can't believe this. The time just flies when you're having fun. Stick around for more weekend gardening.
middle of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits, like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Pay Dr. Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. any electrical problems? LaValle Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValle Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValle Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at LaValleServices.com. That's LaValleServices.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Apply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Rachel, you look amazing. What have you been up to? Thanks, Megan. I finally left the 9 to 5 grind and got certified as a yoga instructor by ISSA. Wait, you're a yoga instructor now? Yes, and I love it. I've been able to turn my passion for health and wellness into a business. It feels so good to be helping people improve their lives, and I basically get paid to look and feel great. That's amazing. Was it hard to get certified? No, ISSA makes it super easy. You can get certified. 
certified in as little as five weeks. And you do everything at your own pace and 100% online. And once you're certified, you do what you want with it. Start your own business, work at a studio, or just do it as a side hustle. Yoga instructors can make over $72,000 a year. I need to check this out. How do I get started? Just send them a text. It's free to get started. Text HEALTH to 200-300 to get started today and be certified with the ISSA Yoga Alliance in as little as five weeks. Just text HEALTH to 200-300 right now to get started for free. Text the word HEALTH to 200-300. Text HEALTH to 200-300. National Ice Tea Day. I don't know if that makes anybody else happy besides me, but <laughs> I'm pretty tickled about it. I have uh, recently discovered that there is a new thing in my in my area that has uh, more teas and juices and things like that than you can possibly imagine, and you can actually go along and mix your own as you go by it. <laughs> this is pretty cool. I'm a Milo's sweet tea junkie, See, so I have a whole gallon there, waiting for there, me. There, there, are, there are many people in my life for whom Milo is the way to go, and uh, y'all are great. That's wonderful. Not my thing. <laughs> I too lived, sweet. I lived in Birmingham sweet. for a little while, and and um, the Milo's was there, and they, you know, I, I, their food was fine. It was a little burger, you know, a little fries. Great swag too. But yeah, but I loved. <laughs> I absolutely loved their sweet tea. It reminded me of Mamaw's. You know, See? it was just very sweet. Almost you got to eat and, it. And I think that's because it was. I think Milo still has sugar on the label, as opposed to any other form of sweetener, and I think that that's what people like. I'm I'm a sweet person, crazy for sugar. But that tea is too sweet. Yeah, have you ever had their uh, Arnold Palmer blend? The, no. Oh, it's awesome. The sweet tea lemonade. Oh, my goodness. I like sweet tea lemonade. Orange, orange top, if you ever see it. You can't ever grab I mean, people just grab them, too. I mean, they're they'll gone. buy every one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, lemonade is definitely I, – I, I literally bought a bag of lemons the other day without even seeing how much they cost because I could smell them and I needed them so badly. So. Took them in, took them home and made lemonade. Well, and you found a neat place this week too, and you know, in the spirit of Cathead Jam, the <laughs> we can mention yeah, the honeysuckle yeah. and, vodka. And, and lemonade. Yeah. It's that time of year, you it know. Is, it, it is. It is. Why not? You know, that's if we're not going to do it now. Trust me, winter is no fun for that kind of stuff. Ooh, I love it when people say this. Charlie and and Brenda and I have been going back and forth about that apple tree, and I was talking about it being. Over, overgrown for the amount of soil that it had could possibly get to. I could tell that by the caliper of the trunk. And they said that, yes, they, and then they sent me the picture of the other one that they did prune. It looks great. And she said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they're going to take care of that other one. That's great. Oh, now, come on. Rich in Kentwood is just trying to make me get in my car and drive south. Are you seeing that? What what in the world is I mean, that is a... Um, <laughs> Uh, that's a tomato that's plant a tomato up next plant. to 
a, a utility uh, a pole. Utility pole. That, thank goodness there's something to put scale on that see? because that is unbelievable. <laughs> I wish people could see this. He says it's a volunteer from where his compost pile was. Now, of course, some of the best things that we ever get come up. You know, best pumpkin I ever grew came up out in, in the middle of the compost, and I don't eat whole pumpkins, so I still don't know where that seed came from, some granola or something probably. But um, it, it, it's, a, it's a wild one. It really is where the mulch pile was. That's just beautiful. I mean, the tomatoes on that bring thing the, have to be Bring huge. the bacon, y'all. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Pepper, bacon, white bread, bring it on. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, this is nice. Let's see. What have we got here on this rose? Oh, Brenda says it's a it's a whitish powder, and they curl up and dry out. It is still trying to bloom. The, the chances are real good that this is one of the powdery mildews that is compounded by hot weather when we see it in the springtime it just makes that white like on a crepe myrtle leaf or a rose leaf or something but it doesn't curl and as the weather gets hotter sometimes because the leaves are a little bit dehydrated if not heading towards being desiccated from the fungus which doesn't kill the plant just looks unpleasant so i'm i'm going to say yes get a fungicide Water the plant really, really well. Spray it with fungicide and then keep it watered, but spray the fungicide a couple of times now and in in, in 10 days. I don't think you've got a bigger problem than that, but if it turns out that when you're doing all this, you find that you do, by all means, send me another picture. Sometimes leaf curl is indicative. Sometimes it's a problem, and sometimes it's just indicative of other things. For example, one of the things that we have... uh, often seen is are tomatoes that the leaves curl up and it's different if the leaves curl up than if they curl down if it's a if it's cool weather and they curl up that's an indication to you that it's too cool for the tomatoes but later on it's a different problem so we, we can talk about all of that that's fun i do really like um the looks of that leaf though that's a pretty plant very pretty nice things and yes it will keep trying to bloom thank goodness you know <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. Those are nice. How's that sooty mold doing, Brenda? Hmm. Well, I have seen a little bit more. My my neighbor's trees are, once again, uh, going into the direct problem that they have with crepe myrtle bark scale. And, again, the ones of his that have come up in my flower bed that I keep trying to kill have not a spot of it. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I really don't. Nobody's researching that particular problem. I think me. they're they're trying to, you know, uh, get your love and care. <laughs> they, they they prefer your I yard, don't like and you, them. you don't want them. Though. I don't want them. I don't like them. There, it's. I mean, and these crepe myrtles are fine, but you know, somebody else's yard. There's too many of them. I was almost happy when the one in my yard died. <laughs> That's another story. Now, speaking of weird recoveries, y'all. I don't know if anybody else has a sweet olive or has a banana shrub, but they are sweet olive is a totally hardy tree that got knocked badly in many people's gardens. I'm happy to report that mine has now leafed out entirely, but it sure did lose a couple of years worth of leafage because it's not it's going to take all summer for those leaves to get sturdy. And I'm sure we're going to lose a few more if I don't get out there and water it simply because they're just so tender. But the whole tree has leafed out. It d- didn't have a problem. The the banana shrub, the banana shrub tree, on the other hand, Michelia figo or Magnolia figo, depending on what, who you look it up under, um, has, has literally stumps. And all of them have sprouted. So apparently I'm going to have a lollipop. There's no leaves anywhere four or five feet up the trunk. 
but up the trunk from that, there's several of them, and it's it's going to make this odd shape. I hope I like it because it's in my front yard. This may be the demonstration of if you don't like it, get rid of it. Even if you like the the plant, you may not like where it is. You may not like how it's doing. And since it belongs to you, or in this case, me, I don't have to leave it there if I don't want to. Rich is weighing in about the uh, gargantuan tomato, and he said they're beefsteak tomatoes. They're very sweet, and he did has to he has to use a twenty foot ladder to. I do not suggest letting your tomatoes grow up the utility pole. You understand, Rich Rich has a big operation. They hire interns from Southeastern, from the horticulture department. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, this is a big deal. But good grief. I'm, I mean, I, I'm still, I can't take my eyes off the photo. And knowing that it's in Kentwood, you know, they got something in the water down there anyway. But that that just, that takes the cake right there. Kent, uh, Rich, thank you for Road trip that. all day long. Definitely. Got to go see about Goodness that. Goodness gracious. Isn't that fun? I, um, I have some... I, I just I don't even know how to begin this next little piece of information except to just plunge right in. I don't eat octopus or squid. I have eaten octopus. I have been served squid, but I didn't like it. The octopus tasted great. But I got to tell you something, y'all. Just as we talked a couple of weeks ago about the farming of octopus, you know, octopus are solitary creatures. And so the folks that are farming them are moving them into, you may remember me talking about this, moving them into a much more congregate kind of setting because they're trying to harvest octopus. They need them all in one place. But it's not doing so well for the octopus in terms of their growth. And we have no idea. You understand, I have one brain. You probably have one. Octopus has eight. Okay? That's a lot. And we understand from not just because there are there's an octopus that can you know pick winning football games and stuff like that these are smart 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 some believe sentient creatures and i'm on the i'm on the fence but i got to tell you i think they have, there's a lot more um evidence all the time about their sophistication and here's a new story all right unlike me my friend the octopus does not thermoregulate all right. So their their brains and their bodies are oftentimes exposed to and can be very challenged by changes in temperature. Because if you can't regulate it yourself, you're basically a cold blooded creature and you can't go there. Here's what they have found out. Two spot octopus adapt to seasonal shifts by altering their own DNA. That's pretty sophisticated, my friends. This is, of course, the messenger molecule, molecule you understand, between your DNA, which runs everything, and your proteins, which make it all happen. So the rewiring likely protects their brains, with an S. Mm-hmm. And this unusual strategy in octopus and squid will explain why they can live in such extreme conditions where other animals of their sort cannot live. i got to tell you, this is... The, the RNA editing is not something I would have expected from an octopus. RNA edi- editing is a very sophisticated thing. But what they noticed were that some of the neural proteins seem to be more sensitive to temperature. For example, the cell membranes themselves, which are also temperature sensitive, and the ones that bind the calcium, which are responsible for the strength in that particular cell. So as they really got into it, I have a feeling, I don't know this, they don't quote themselves, but I have a feeling they were like, what? 
(laughs) They turned around and looked at it and went, what? And they have actually come to understand that it happens more quickly than you can imagine. That's probably why nobody noticed it before and no one knew the reason. It's because now, now they're going to try and adapt this research to look at other things such as low oxygen levels and varied... The varied social environments is how they refer to it in this program. But what that means, of course, is octopus farming and how how their RNA shifts either do or do not work in that particular environment. I'm I'm touchy. I'm touchy about it. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I'm certainly not going to try and take the people out of business that are doing that. I'm not that way about stuff at all. But you got to think about it for yourself. Like most moral decisions, you have to think about it for yourself. Eight brains. Could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, and I would be yeah, thrilled. I mean, I know they have eight. Sexiest you know, part of the body. Come on. Eight legs, you know? but I mean, eight brains. I guess it takes a lot of you know, a, lot. a lot of computing to get everything to work exactly. right and stay in tune. Exactly. And, and uh, we never we never talk about disabled octopus, but you know there has to be some that the one of the one or two of them don't work right. And that would lend vulnerability to the population, and that in turn, you know, there's uh, there's so many implications. It's just very exciting stuff. Let's see. Oh, I like this. Um, Joe in Madison has got a slow run, no runoff, when he waters the magnolia, uh, slim, the Slim Jim magnolia, and the young Japanese maple. Is a one hour enough, more or less? One hour is enough today. Okay, but if we if 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 in Madison next week the temperatures are 75 at night and 95 in the daytime and these are both young plants, you're going to need to do that twice a day. I was just talking to somebody who's putting in a Japanese magnolia this weekend. I said, "That's great. Do you have a soaker hose? You know, because you're going to want one. Or do you? If it's a big enough tree, if you have a gator, you know those bags that that sit on the side of the tree and you fill them with water. Something that is going to give this thing a drip, drip, drip is what's going to keep it alive. And you still may lose some leaves, but you won't lose the tree. And you're going to you're going to water. What he's trying to do with this, of course, is to water deeply so that the roots continue to go down into the ground so that in subsequent years, when there's not enough rain, the roots will already be down where they can reach the water that's always there. So we'll hope for that. Can you use any kind of equipment that would allow you to punch, you know, three, four foot holes down into the root structure People without, do that. You know, without damaging roots. That's that was, used to be the about. way we root fed trees was with a drill. <laughs> so, and yeah, if the soil is hard enough, I've, I've joked and it's not actually a joke. I've used a pickaxe to break up the soil where I live when I first got there because it was harder than the concrete in the driveway, which was all cracked up. But the soil was perfect. So yeah, you can bang into stuff sometimes. You have to. Sometimes you just have to. I like that. Slow, slow, slow. Um, you have aphids, Brian. You need to get some insecticidal soap or some spinosad and spray today. And then when you go out tomorrow to water, spray them again, hit them, knock those flings off of there again, and then water, then spray again with the insecticide in eight days. But you want to try to physically knock them off. You want to spray the plants, including the ones that don't have the bugs on them. And then you want to come back again in eight days. But that, that's a good picture of a tomato aphid, by the way. The only place, only reason you would see them look any more dramatic would be if there was fruit on the plant and they had been into that. They would be pink. <laughs> but usually <laughs> usually tomato aphids are uh, light color, light white, light tannish white kind of, and that's it. Um, I love this. Marion Clinton has mockingbirds that are terrorizing. 
Yeah, <laughs> the mockingbirds get hold of stuff, and they're 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 like, I don't want you know, I don't want you to do this or do that. I want to control everything. Mockingbirds will pull out the hair of your off your dog's head too to build a nest. It's really exciting. Dog doesn't like it, but it's cute. <laughs> Gives you a lot more respect for the mockingbirds. Hey, listen now, there might be a mockingbird in this, because this is, in fact, way down south. I grew up working on a farm way down south. I went to school against my will way down south. Girls and I shot squirrels out behind my house. I learned a lot about this world way down south. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from experience. Believe me, you need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazda of Jackson would like to introduce the all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90, the car that takes luxury to the next level. Imagine being behind the wheel, feeling the comfort of the premium leather seats, and breathing in the aroma of genuine wood trim. And that's just the beginning. The CX-90 has a sleek design that's sure to turn heads wherever you go. The exterior is built to impress with bold lines and an athletic stance. But don't let its sporty exterior fool you. The CX-90 is built for families. With three rows of seats, it comfortably accommodates up to seven passengers. Plus, there's ample cargo space for all your gear. And for those who demand the latest technology, the CX-90 delivers. With a state-of-the-art infotainment system and advanced safety features, you'll always stay connected and safe. The all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90. Luxury, performance, and family-friendly, all in one package. Test drive yours today at Mazda of Jackson. 
With the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune into Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 830 to 930 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. FS1 Concepts, 1345 Flowood Drive in Flowood is the place to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Today's grand opening provides food, fun, and drinks for everyone. During your visit, you'll experience how just one stop can provide all your quality food service equipment and supply needs. Big savings today only. 25% off of all cutlery and utensils. 20% off of all barware. 20% off quality cookware. 15% off of ice machines and 10% off of all other equipment. Come experience what the professionals at FS1 Concepts can do for you and your business today. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Y'all are so funny. I get emails and they say, what was that song you played last week? I don't have any idea. If you, Even if you told me what time it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was. <laughs> Some things in this world are spontaneous. Now, if you tell me, what is that song by It's a Beautiful Day that you play two different versions of, I'll tell you it's Bombay Calling. Okay, I know what I'm playing here, but I may not know when it played. And yes, he occasionally has uh, the opportunity to... Okay, Mary, I'll I'll take that and I'll I'll get you his address. Mary and the Mockingbirds are very worried about stuff. Mary has a mockingbird problem. It seems <laughs> she can't even get to the mailbox, and that's where uh, you know the the old cat. Uh, I have to say, I have to the, say they do a good job. They do a great job. They and, keep things a little bit at bound, you know. Well, I, and you hear the birds talking to them and, and talking to other birds about the cats. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, they're, oh, they're yeah. like, hey, he's down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the squirrels do it. Screaming it's at them. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I have two. And I can assure you, I have no bird land in my yard. <laughs> There's no <laughs> bird no squirrels them to go. going I really do. I, I actually believe that part of the, the environmental harmony in at my place goes directly to keeping the squirrels in the trees, keeping the birds up on the wire, and keeping the cats down below to keep all the rest of them where they belong. Now, there are no cats in the neighbor's yard, so when the squirrels go over there and grab the um, crab apples and throw them at my head while I'm in the back garden, the cats can't do anything about that. I mean, it's veritable Looney Tunes over there. That's what it is my, like it's, at my house. I love it. It's fun. You yeah. know, and, and I realize that we are an intrusion in their world to some extent, but... They kind of live where we live, so they have to do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian is sending me information. He has got he, he's got some Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. Y'all remember I used to talk about that all the time. That is the most available form of spinosad is that particular product from Bonide, and one of the very best. So he's he's got a good one. Yes, you use it, uh, and he wants to know when. I I prefer to to do things about aphids at dusk. Or very early in the morning because that's when they tend to be the busiest. 
and they don't go anywhere so you could but but the plants are not harmed by it either so it's a fine time to do all of that okay okay a couple of other advices pieces of advice for you i um if you're if you're doing as well as i'm doing you if you follow me on social media you saw today that i posted a glass sitting in my windowsill that is full of leafy roots, leaves and roots attached to the stems. It's a philodendron that I'm rooting. My question is always, why are you not doing that? When you when you have the hanging basket and it has already reached the bottom of the porch or it has already climbed over onto the plants next to you, it's time to propagate. Why not do some of that? Many, many things, those little viney things like philodendrons will root easily in water. A lot of other things will get started in water, and you can move them directly into another form of, you know, some potting soil or, or into a pot that you've already got other things growing in. You might have a hole on one side. You want to root a couple so that you can fill it out. All of those things work and work very, very well. My, my best suggestion is to take the uh, leaves off of the bottom inch or two and put that in. Don't, don't put the leaves down into the rooting mix, whether it's water or soil, either one. Caladiums with white spots. Lee in Madison has got some, and she wants to know if they're okay to plant. The only thing to look for is if they're soft. If if the white spots or any place on a caladium bulb is soft, it's rotting. And in that case, if you've just purchased these, you could. I would certainly send them back, take them back, or. As happens oftentimes if you happen to order something on the Internet and you just send them a picture of what they actually sent you, they'll either reimburse you or give you a really good coupon for the next purchase because they're trying not to lose your business. But if they're soft, they're not plantable. They're Well, I mean, they're plantable, but they're going to just rot. They'll be compost. So that's the answer to that one. Back on the philodendron, what is, I had one that it just it looked great, and then it shed all of its you know big leaves, the split leaves, and then it's it's sprouting in the middle, and it's you know growing slowly mm-hmm. and small, mm-hmm. but it, it looks like almost a restart from the original plant. Is there something I might need to do to stimulate it a little bit? I or? would guess that it's pot bound. You probably need to repot it. Okay. Sometimes they'll just throw everything off if they have to save their roots for the rest of it. He's nodding his head, which means yeah, I haven't potted that sucker in about six years. <laughs> I talk about Gary, y'all. Everybody here knows Scary Gary. I have a plant named Gary because Gary gave it to me because it had two leaves on it and had been in his office here for about 10 years. There's no light in the office. Okay, Gary is an amazing gardener. The fact that it was alive is just stunning, just amazing. But Gary is now climbing. I put it on top of that barrel, and Gary is now climbing down the barrel. Where am I gonna, what am I going to do in the winter? This is a uh, this is a different kind of split leaf philodendron. It actually makes plants along the roots, I mean, on along the stems rather, which also have roots as well as leaves. So it sends them down and sends some more out. I guess because in nature it would have crawled along the ground and grabbed and made a lot of you know filled an area in. I don't have anywhere to put it, so I guess I'm gonna have to propagate that one too. That's the other thing when we get to fall and it becomes chilly for these tropical plants and you need to bring them indoors or give them some sort of protection how are you going to do that if if your hibiscus for example is a tree form hibiscus and it's eight feet tall and has a three foot wide canopy how are you going to get that in your house so you may want to consider doing a little pruning and propagating in the summer just to maintain the size of the plants you know you're eventually going to bring indoors it, it just makes sense just makes sense uh, oh, let me see. ATT. Okay, I'm writing down these this other address. I'm 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 serious now. 
I'm taking your address, Mary, but if you don't hear from me, send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I will get it to you. Sometimes I can't, sometimes not everything connects in my head, and I'll remember to do it, but you'll be quicker if you get it in my email. Okay? Okay. The other thing that I really like about um, caladiums, and this particular one, by the way, this is Little Muffet, I love that. I love a, a dwarf plant in the right place. Sometimes people will say to you, well, you just put the caladium in the container with the other things and it'll be crowded and it won't be have, make as big a leaf. That that can happen. But these are intended to have lots and lots of fairly small leaves on a smaller plant, and that makes it perfect for containers or for the edge of a bed in a shady area. You might not, you know, you might not have very deep soil there, so you want to put something in that's not too hard to grow. And that's a really good choice. Really good choice. <laughs> you may not want to know this, and I probably shouldn't leave you with it at the end of the day, but I'm going to. There's been a large study in children that tells us that all the things we thought were causing their teeth to decay are actually not the things that we thought. Ah! Yes, it's all still true, but it's actually a different bacterial species that is being, everybody, for years, I mean, we were told that that was how you knew that that strep existed was that you, your teeth had cavities in them because of streptococcus. You didn't necessarily have strep throat, which is also a problem right now, but you didn't necessarily have that. It's just a different form of that same critter. This is a different one. So trust me, my dentist is going to tell me all about it in July when I go to see her. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we have professionals in our life so that they can keep us up on things. I have been um, very pleased to, to really get some good information about flavonoids. I'm going to start talking about them as we go along here through the next few weeks, so I'm, I'm not going to introduce too much to you this morning. But I do want you, if you're not already aware of flavonoids, you've heard me talk about her, lots of people talk about, not, not, not just me certainly, blueberries and blackberries and all the great joys and benefits and nutrition that we get from those things. I want you to know, though, that the rest of our diet's not so bad either. Red cabbage and onions and (laughs) my favorite dark chocolate are all high in flavonoids. Take that with you. Go shopping. Have a great week and come back here next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Call toll free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We've got your chance to go for free. Free, free, free. Welcome to Jungle 
Tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses Live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Super Talk Mississippi Media. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.